and welcome to episode 14 of the Screen Blend podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Emilio Petito to have a look. Is E3 still relevant? And conventions as a whole, are they still needed in today's society? Also, there's some Marvel news, a bit of DC news. And is Tenant still going to get that release? I bloody hope it does and it's not pushed back because we need some movies right now uh, with everything going on. So hope you're all well and enjoy this episode of the Screen Blend podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to Screen Blend episode 14. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Cut, and special guest, Emilio. How are you oh, guys? Yeah, very good, mate. It's another good, good little Saturday morning. Um, ready to, to chat some shit. What's going on with you, yeah. Mills? Uh, not much. Another cold one here, but yeah, keen for that. Yeah, most definitely. So um, just going into it, um, you can see, you can contact us at screenblend.net and jackmason underscore 22. And Will, do you want to quickly give out your handles and maybe you, Emilio, if you want to? Uh, again, mine's always will be cut uh, on all the social medias and then you can get us screen underscore blend. Um, again, make sure you listen to last episode. What did we talk about last episode, Jack? That is a good question. We talked about Space Force. Your favourite show. TV show, yeah. <laughs> Mills, have you watched that yet? Quickly or not? Uh, I've seen the trailers. It yeah. looks decent, but I'm oh. not sure. What did you end up thinking, Jack? Uh, listen to episode 13 for all that news. <laughs> news. No, um, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite. No, I wouldn't I, recommend I, it. I didn't mind it, but I, I'd give it to yourself to watch meals because it's not bad, but it's not great. So I think you'll either love it or you'll either hate it. It's one side of the spectrum. But um, if if you want our massive legion of followers to to get in contact with you, Emilio, where can they do that? <laughs> Uh, probably the only one I use is the Twitter. That's yeah. at epetito. That's about it. <laughs> okay, you'll be getting a lot okay. of people just uh, messaging you now. Uh, Jack, <laughs> what's... Be a new ce- yeah. you're a celeb now. <laughs> um, Jack, what's the topic for today? What are we going into the main topic? What are we talking about? Um, so as many of you know, E3 was coming up this week. If it weren't for the coronavirus and leading up to E3 2020, a lot of publishers were slowly pulling out. Um, as you know, Nintendo has its own online mm-hmm. platform now, which is announced as games. Sony pulled out, along with many other smaller uh, smaller play, um, companies as well. So E3 wasn't really in for a promising 2020 start this year, even if before it got cancelled. So the big question today that we'll be discussing is, is E3 still relevant? And I know some gaming conventions, you know, are still quite big. But E3 more so is slowly dwindling in numbers each year. And a lot of people think it might not even make a 2021 um, outing come June next year. So the big question is, how can it change? And kind of what's at, at its core that's making it not so successful over these last few years? Oh, that's, uh, we're leaving that as a bit of a teaser then, Mace, because we'll go into the news quickly um, yeah. uh, before we get into today's main topic also. So a bit of a teaser. So stick around for that, everybody. First bit, we'll just bounce off news between us guys and have a little bit of discussion. The first mm. point I've got here is we were sort of all hoping this movie would come out uh, in July. We were hoping. But it's now looking like Warner Brothers uh, looking to move Tenant, Christopher Nolan's new movie, back again. Their biggest problem is they're struggling to find a decent release window to put this in with the calendar already jam-packed for later 2020. Um, this is probably one of the tentpole movies of 2020 anyway and looking to be the first movie to probably get everyone back into cinema. But at the moment, like I said, they're struggling to find a date. There's a couple of dates open in December, 
but that's around uh, Tom Cruise's possible Top Gun sequel. There's obviously uh, Dune. Is that how you say it? Dune or Dune? What is the current expression? Uh, June, yeah, I think. June, I June. June. Yeah, I think it's June. Like the desert um, June. Yeah. They're also talking it could swip, uh, swap places with Wonder Woman um, and move that back a little bit also. But is this a bit disappointing for you guys? Because I'm, I'm sure both of you are really excited for this. We we're hoping it was going to come out next month. But a bit disappointing if they have to move it back. Yeah, I was very excited. How about you, Mills? I think this is definitely top of my list for movies this year. Yeah, 100% agree, Jack. The trailers have been crazy in that they've it seems really interesting but they haven't revealed too much so i was keen for it for certain did you see guys that they actually just that plane sequence in the last trailer is real like that happened it's not cgi apparently that doesn't surprise me (laughs) they used an actual plane they're like no we're gonna we're gonna drive an actual plane into it because it's apparently cheaper I was People like, did not win the budget. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how is that cheaper? But apparently they did it. So, yeah, no, I'm kind of disappointed in this if it happens. Obviously, you can see why. And Jack and I, we had a bit of a conversation on this on the last pod uh, regarding cinemas and how many people they can get in uh, to a cinema to see if they can make their money back. But, yeah, it's looking more and more likely that it's going to get pushed back. Um, mm. So, Jack, what's the next next bit of news from you? Yeah, so as we talked about last week, we had a big chat about Ruby Rose and Batwoman. Um, So some big news coming out of that. So as we know, she won't be coming back for season two, but rather than recasting the role, they'll be introducing a completely new character to take her place. And um, Reddit kind of had a bit of a leak and said that new character is going to be called Ryan Wilder. And they're encouraging people from the LGBTQ um, community to audition. And a leaked description reads that the character um, may be a likable, messy, and little goofy mess and untamed. And it said, with no one in her life to keep her on track, Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. Oh. Mm, So sounds very similar to your life, Will. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But that's the description for the new character. So it'll be interesting to see how they fit her into season two while you know audiences get over ruby rose's absence do you watch any of these shows mills uh no this is the first i've heard of (laughs) (laughs) no i think in the end uh, i feel like it's one of those classic ones where you could just recast in the first episode people are going to be a bit like okay and then they're just going to go who gives there like we'll just keep going with a new character and we'll push it on there because i think if you get to season like three or four of something like that again these uh uh, what's the CW sort of shows like that? They're just meshed into one for me now. You could miss like a whole season and I feel like you don't miss anything of the characters. Um, so they could easily just change the lead and no one would really know or bat an eyelid after a couple of weeks. So yeah, that's yeah. my thoughts on I it. I feel Jack. like every time someone replaces a main character from the show, they don't last many more seasons after no. that. Lethal it, weapon, you know, it's just anything. It just doesn't last. It just shows again that the show's not... Uh, not doing as well, I would, I'd have to presume. Um, ne- next bit of news I've got here. Mills, you're a bit of a Marvel fan, I'm pretty sure, correct? Yes, yeah. So it's looking like I've got a report here that if Falcon and the Winter Soldier move on and get a second season, um, stated here on the latest edition of Murphy's Law, that coming out of season one, Bucky Barnes and uh, Sam Wilson are going to have gone through some traumatic uh, shit and are going to be completely different characters by the end of it. Uh, likely season two will be called something different. Uh, what does that mean for you guys uh, moving forward if this one gets a second season? So they're not even saying it's guaranteed. What, 
makes me a little bit skeptical. Uh, and two, it's going to be called something completely different. So do you feel like characters may come in and out or we obviously don't have a bit of a clue yet since we haven't seen literally anything for this show? Mills? Uh, Mills, do you want to take this one? Uh, I mean, the whole idea that they haven't really confirmed a second season is definitely raising questions. I mean, I, how many times will we all watch a show on Netflix with the promise of a second season only to find that it, it doesn't end up arriving? So yeah. that's mm. definitely raising some flags for me. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, well, so much stuff on Netflix is always cancelled. Like, yeah, like you said, very much not many stuff make it to a second season. So, and without seeing any footage and stuff, I don't know, you know, too much about it as of yet. So, you know, I think we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, I'm guessing, again, it's going to be something likely uh, regarding Captain America and the mantle or something like that on uh, Disney Plus when this this comes through and uh, where where they go in, in that direction. Uh, maybe they split off or maybe someone... I would think either of those characters is probably not going to die in a TV show. They'd leave that to a movie, I would have thought anyway. Um so maybe timeline-wise, mm. I think it will be a, a little bit indifferent. Uh, next bit of news, Mace, quickly. Yeah, so it's more so just some good news. Um, so The Witcher Season 2 is getting back on track with its filming, and that's yeah. filming in the UK, and that's among uh, several other UK films that are st- also starting production now again. So that includes The Batman, um, Peaky Blinders, which usually films down in Liverpool, uh, Disney's live-action The Little Mermaid, and the next Fantastic Beast, which I'm sure we're all really not looking forward to. And, uh, and that's just due to strict guidelines still drawn up by the British Film Commission and British Film Institute. So they still, you know, have to stick to safety standards and whatnot. But the fact that they can go ahead and start filming and get along with these shows uh, for next year is a really good start. And hopefully other countries start, you know, following this trend. I think mm, what's so um... exciting. What's the what's the biggest one you're looking forward to there? Probably then Mills, if you can remember the movies that Jack just spit it off real quickly then. Uh, besides Fantastic Beasts, which, which one are you looking most forward to? Uh, I'm probably more interested in Peaky Blinders, actually. Yeah. It's, um, I've watched a, a fair bit of that, but I think it's good that it's getting another season for certain. Yeah, Peaky Blinders was an interesting one for me. I watched the first season... And I struggled to get on board. I know it's like one of the highest rated television shows of all time. Mm. I just, I struggled. I don't know. I might watch a season two, you know, come the end of the series maybe. But for now, I think season one was enough. But I'm looking forward to Witcher season two. Like I was, I'm not sure about you, Mills, but I was pleasantly surprised by The Witcher. I tried to get through it. I think I got through three or four episodes and then... I don't know. It seemed a bit forced to me, but oh, I you might have to switch the Peaky game, Blinders so. and The Witcher. So, okay, we'll <laughs> switch them around. All right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If you have played the games, it kind of resonates with you a little more. Um, but even then, I think it's still a good quality show with a good budget that Netflix has given. And Henry Cavill plays Gerald really well. Um, but no, yeah, no. So good news all around, cut. So do you have any? Do you guys have anything else to say before we? Finish uh, the the only one I've got quickly to finish off. It's more of like a timeline thing. Uh, at the moment, it's six months to the day, give or take one or two, that Marvel will get Daredevil back and those characters from uh, that sort of street level universe uh, that was on Netflix. So uh, interesting again with a lot of films getting pushed back. Can they drop these these characters maybe in? Uh, to say Spider-Man, new Spider-Man's movies, uh, a couple other TV shows maybe, is that something? Or are they going to have to downgrade the characters too? Because I presume both of you guys watched all of the Daredevil seasons and 
it's probably not exactly what Disney Plus would want to produce for its, uh, in air quotes, family-friendly uh, mm. content. So do you, do you think they're going to push Daredevil in? Charlie Cox, would he come back? Do you think they want that? Or uh, I'll give this one to you, Mills. Where do you sort of see Daredevil and these sort of street-level heroes sort of going for the uh, Disney Plus movies, et cetera? Probably best to pass it to Jack. I haven't actually watched any of Daredevil. The only one I saw was that movie that came out. How long ago was that? Oh, with Ben oh. Affleck? Oh. Yeah. 2003 <laughs> or something, yeah. Which was good, I think, but I haven't seen the TV show. What do you think, Jack? Um, well, I love Daredevil. Actually, Dad, Dad's watching The Punisher currently. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he stayed up at 12.30 last night watching it. Can you um, just get Reggie on the show then and you go out? I'll just get Reggie yeah, I reckon he'd be a better recommendation on this. Uh, well, to be honest, I think Disney will start fresh with all the characters. Yeah. I think it would be a fan's dream for, you know, them all the characters from all the Netflix shows to come back into, you know, what is the Disney universe now. But I think at the end of the day, that's just kind of a pipe dream. I think Disney would like to start fresh with all their IPs and all their current characters uh, so yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. No, I still think those shows are unreal though, and still have a, they're still fantastic. Don't still get have an element that you go back and watch, even if we don't have, um, even if they're not connected more largely in, in the universe. But uh, moving on to main topic today, Jack, uh, regarding E3, I'll let you take it away because this is your domain here, and the reason why we've got Mills in uh, for today's episode. So yeah, go off and. Talk to us, give us a bit more background. You said it at the top of the show regarding E3, yeah. is it still relevant? And then we'll get today's discussion up and running. Yeah, so E3. So as I said before, it's no longer happening this year. And even before the coronavirus, our numbers were declining quite rapidly and publishers were pulling out due to doing online um, announcements now. Uh, so E3 did originally start in 1995 as the video game industry and professionals saw a need for video game specific trade shows. And this one was, you know, the first game breaking, you know, all the news in the one place. And at the first one in 1995, you had the PS1 price announced, the Sega Saturn and Nintendo's Virtual Boy announced. And there was about 40,000 in attendance that year. So it was a really good start for the convention. And every year it's held at the Los Angeles Convention Center, uh, which is pretty big. So they can fit a lot of these studios and publishers and large crowds in it. So over the years, it's um, gone between just a journalist event um, for them to you know, give out to the audiences. And then other years, it's been also crowd-based as well. So the public can also get a ticket after great difficulty and go in. Um, so the big question is now, why is it declining and what can it do to improve? Because uh, 2021 is looking bleak for the trade show. So um, like I said to you as well, uh, you know, Microsoft is the only big contender this year but, um, without Nintendo and Sony. And uh, Rockstar and Blizzard don't even attend uh, anymore yeah. this conference anyway. And they're two of the biggest contenders and studios in the world today. Um, so, yeah, and the last few years have also had some disappointing announcements and the expectations are almost so high for publishers that they would much rather do it in their own time. But what do you guys think about the trade show in general and going into it and your experiences, you know, if you've ever been to a trade show before, not necessarily E3, but something else? Can I, can I just flick you a quick question, Mills, for our, for our fans? What's your background in gaming? What's, what games do you like to play and what consoles, et cetera, just so we get a bit, a bit of background there? 
Oh yeah, easy. Uh, well, I think I grew up on the PlayStation 2 mainly. Yeah. Um, Dad decided to get that for us instead of going to the Adelaide show one year, which was a big Good deal. Good trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were happy with that. Um, but then since I think 2010, I uh, got yeah. into the computer side of things, you know, built my own with my older brother and have never really looked back to the console space, except for having an appreci appreciation for, you know, people that don't want to build their own computer or can't be bothered upgrading over time that consoles yes. are obviously a really good option for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, recently the last, what, 10 years, I think it's mainly been uh, League of Legends, just playing yeah. with friends from school, uni and so on. Um, with a bit of Counter-Strike on the side or Battlefield or something. So that's basically where I'm at at the moment. Oh, perfect. Just thought I'd get a bit more of a background on, on there, um, what you enjoy playing. The, the first thing I was just going to ask too is, for you two, you're, you're more gamers than, than I am because I'm pretty uh, white boy with my sports games uh, <laughs> that, I, that I enjoy playing or uh, sort of et cetera. But for you guys, for a convention, when you see E3s coming up each year, let's say in the last five to 10 years sort of thing, is this something that you guys are in the week leading up all over Twitter, all over, like when it's getting into those days when the conventions are starting, are you staying up late for this to check the latest news sort of pre two or three years ago when a lot of stuff would come out earlier with what the problems are, but something before that, is that something that you were really interested in? Was this like a big part of your gaming year was waiting for E3? So I'll ask yes. that to both of you. Uh, I wouldn't say I was all over Twitter, Instagram and everything. I was more uh, waiting to hear what Jack thought, probably. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, at the forefront of the news things, usually, in this space, at least. Yeah, no. So, I, you know, there's a few years where, you know, if I think some exciting news was going to be announced, like a new console or a yeah. AAA game that I really liked, I might have stayed up, you know, in 5.30 in the morning, got up and watched it. Because they're entertainment. Like, the, these press shows that they do at E3 and maybe some other conventions now as well. They're really entertaining. They, you know, they surely have some corny dialogue. It's like watching yeah. the Academy Awards and the banter between yeah. those actors before they give out the award. It's just like that. But it's really entertaining. You know, last year, you know, you had Keanu Reeves. They bring out celebs. Um, and it's just, it's just the atmosphere that comes from the convention center. And it's really good watching it live. You know, you, now you can watch it, you know, at home, watching all these new games, you know, be released. And, you, you know, you're the first person seeing them with the rest of the world. Yeah. So, no, I think it's quite exciting. I, I mean, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I'd like to see it continue. Uh, but I can also see reasons for, you know, it's long-term downfall from a publisher's point of view. So from my thing, it's sort of, I think you sort of hit a little bit of a nail on the head there, Jack. Is it looking like the problem when this sort of started to come down and a little bit of downfall was when this started to be released to the public. So uh, again, it's sort of similar to, and we'll talk about Comic-Con and some sort of other stuff later, but where when it is completely just a trade show and it's got journalists or high profile gamers just at this event, was that better for it? Or was it better to have the fans like you guys, uh, the ability to watch it? Like, what do you think is better for these conventions? Um, or even you can take it two meals. Is, is it better to find out your news then from a journalist on Twitter or something or like a report that's released later or would you prefer to be watching it live then? I don't think anything will replace the, the in-person experience yes. or, yeah. you know, watching it on twitch.tv or yeah. whatever other streaming service they decide to share it on. But I mean, there's so many, you know, gaming news websites now um, and a lot of them just 
spew out a lot of garbage to be honest so i'd rather hear it uh, straight from the horse's mouth so to speak yeah yeah i mean it was the show was best i think it you know as much as people love to go to the show i think a lot of the decline came from when it did open to the public in 2017 there was long queuing lines to play games people waiting for absolutely you know huge amount of hours just to play their favorite game and even then it was a small demo um, and apparently there was quite a bit of lack of security, so no metal detectors, bag checks, uh, and then the show's organiser um, entertainment software association leaked personal information on more than 2,000 journalists and influencers. So that was kind of a nail in the coffin uh, in regard to that. So there is problems with having you know, more people at this show. While it is good for the numbers and the tickets and the sales and all that, uh, having too many people um, as a you know someone from the public like uh, us, um, long wait lines and just having a really crowded convention centre, while it is big, uh, can be a bit of a problem. So sometimes it's best just for the journalists to report and yeah. we just hear it yeah, from external sources. Um, Jack, you've got here in, in your little show notes, very well done, by the way, um, <laughs> <laughs> that Gamescom in Germany, uh, and I've, one of the guys from, that I work with actually, I think has been to one of the Gamescoms uh, over there uh, for his, his old job, saying that that looks to be at least five, six times the amount of people uh, can attend Gamescom compared to E3. So is this looking like, again, more companies and brands uh, going out to, say, Gamescom in, in Germany than E3 for their announcements? Yeah, yes, yeah. so I would say like what was reading now. So the biggest Gamescom is uh, 370,000 attendees mm. compared to E3, 66,000 in recent years. So I would say Gamescom is probably starting, to, if not the largest one, um, because, well, it's in Europe. A lot of people can easily come from a lot of different countries who are interested in the gaming world. And I think a lot of publishers are coming in too. It's a bit more about behind the scenes as well. It's not just about the big companies showing off their new games. It goes into a bit more about behind the scenes. So ask, it's called Gamescom um, because you are communicating with the publishers and all these people who are behind the game. So it gives you a bit of a insight into the making of um, behind all these games as well. So, no, I mean, Amelia, have you ever wanted to go to Gamescom or anything like that as well? Have you heard much about it? Uh, no, this is the first time I've heard of it, actually, Jack. Oh, okay. Because it is slowly, yeah, it is the, still the biggest thing. And I've, I personally have wanted to go in recent years. Yeah. But there's also, as you know, there's lots of other big, um, big conventions now as well. You've got PAX, um, the Tokyo Game Show, you have BlizzCon, um you have one uh yeah no there's so many different different ones now that you know there's one every couple of couple of months really if you know where to find them uh so yeah we're not never we're never really out of you know huge announcements that are always they keep on coming um but yeah e3 is just kind of being stuck in the middle of it all now and it's yeah, yeah, because all, all the publishers just want to announce their own thing and having so, these conventions to themselves. Uh, I've seen here, Jack, and I was doing a little bit of research beforehand too. It's looking now like a lot of studios themselves are doing their own conventions or, or releases for games. And uh, is that, so you've got here Nintendo, Sony, EA doing very similar things. Is that now because they can set their own timelines? I know this might be a dumb question, but they can set their own timelines then so they're not, sort of they don't have to release in line with these other massive conventions they can make sure they've got enough stuff to release something and are these under a paywall or is it just again on twitch that they're just releasing like say nintendo are doing their own um virtual direct announcements for their games and, and ea and sony and, and is that something that you're 
more interested in than this big whole whole thing. And uh, yeah, even Mills too. Yeah, um, yeah, Mills, do you want to take this one? Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, if they're heading towards doing their own kind of shows and announcements, the, the confidence that these companies have in their own products, which is, is good, I think. Um, you know, if they feel like they've got enough of a, a fan base that they can do their own thing on their own timeline, then it really speaks to perhaps how far they've come in, you know, the last five, 10 years. Mm, yeah. And publishers no longer have to compete for that attention, you know, with the other studios, for example, E3, Microsoft don't have to, you know, have a comparison between their press conference and Sony's, for example. They can find their own unique time to announce it when everything's ready. And it's cheaper to do a digital presentation. Um, and you have a wider reach because it, on, it is online. And, uh, you know, E3, it's very expensive for them to hold these press conferences. They have to rent out their, you know, the part yeah. of the convention center. Um, they have to get the media. So it is very money consuming compared to just doing something online. And at the end of the day, a lot of things have gone wrong live. I mean, just naturally things go wrong and that can just leave- Just like this show, uh, Jack. <laughs> yeah, just leaving a everlasting thanks, man. Um, leaving, yeah, a bad impression. Like, you know, Uncharted, did you see that the other year? Um, how that froze that during that demo? No, yes. what happened? It just completely froze during... Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, it happens lots, but I think that's more of the recent one I can think of that just crashed halfway through the demo and they had to restart it and they had a whole lot of issues. So they, I, they can avoid that by doing their own online thing. Yeah, I think in the end, so for this year, what was expected to come out at this E3 though, Jack? And uh, this stuff's been pushed back a little bit, but uh, we're obviously expecting stuff for the consoles or are we not going to get some of the console stuff this, this E3? Um, I would, uh, well, this is meant to be the year of the PlayStation 5 and oh, Xbox yeah. Series X. So there would be a lot of news, um, yeah. gaming news, and I'm guessing probably the reveals of what both consoles you know, look like and a bit more in depth of their specs. Um, but what did you think, Mills? What do you think kind of going to this E3? What kind of bigger game announcements or console announcements do you think we're going to come out of this? Uh, well, what I've seen so far that uh, the demo that they release, um, I think that would, we would have been likely to see perhaps more of that. Um, and like you said, you know, the details of the consoles and so on. But I think there's already been some speculation about what was really running on those uh, demos they showed most recently. So it would have been good to get uh, a bit more of an idea perhaps of the actual performance we can expect from these consoles. Cause it seems like, you know, every generation that comes out is going to uh, smash the PC gaming market to bits because they're just as competitive, but at a much smaller price. Um, and what we've seen in, in the past at least is that uh, they're not actually as good as they seem, but of course, it's still uh, usually a big leap for the fans of consoles anyway. What did you think, Jack? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I, I do expect that we're going to see some things like that. And also, like you said as well, that games can be very misleading at trade shows. They can, they can run off really high-end software, and at the end of the day, the game doesn't look as good when it's released. So that's another thing I think many people find misleading about having these shows. Well, um, I think the quick one yeah. for me is the like I love a games trailer, but I feel like like I hate when then they just put like actual footage or not actual footage in the bottom corner <laughs> of like a games trailer. And I'm like, yeah. just what the hell? Like, give me actual game. Like, I don't want some cutscene that someone else has just put together for a trailer. And I feel like 
whenever I watch that sort of stuff, I want to see like 100% the gameplay or even closer to release because half the time I just don't even trust what they're putting out there is actually, like basically what you've said, is what actually is going to be what we can get our hands on physically. Um, oh yeah, it's almost become a running joke that what you get shown at these shows is going to be far from what ends up yeah. in your hands at the, the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, very true. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So that's always a big problem too. And I think if they do have these digital online things, they don't have to worry about things crashing. They can show it when they're ready. So when it's ready, I mean by the fact that they do have the product that they're willing to release relatively soon without doing, you know, customized kind of demo with uh, upgraded software that just won't be the real thing at the end of the day. So yeah, no, so that's, and then, yeah. So have, have you guys ever had any ambition or even been to any one of these conferences or anything like that, whether it was a small trade show, E3 or a Comic-Con or? No, well, in the end, we've only got our ones here, obviously that we have a couple of times, Jackie and I have been to the, just the generic convention of like all of media and entertainment sort of thing. But I think, uh it's something that has interest me a little bit in, in some respect but it's obviously so hard to get to them and i think now like you've said and we said at the top of the show since you now have the ability to get pretty much all this information when you can sit at home on an equivalent of what we're doing right now is there any real need to to go out and spend thousands of dollars to line up for hours etc is that like is there a need anymore any more to do that besides maybe physically playing some game that you might not actually get for another 12 months sort of thing, if that makes sense? Is it worth mm -hmm. it? I guess that's the whole no. point of this conversation. <laughs> Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that depends if you, if the, well, I mean, there'll always be a crowd for, you know, because a lot of the games are on display and you can play them at these conventions. And I think that at its core, that's, you know, why a lot of people do want to go aside from the announcements but at the same time if you can find a good world between having these conventions where you can play games and then having online announcements for the studio's sake in their benefit i yeah. think it could work i mean do you agree with that mills or do you think yeah i agree with that i think a lot of it comes down to the whole idea of, of atmosphere really yeah. and cuts would definitely know about this you know yeah. the same reason that watching uh, the ko recording of your yeah. favorite team sport is the, you know, not quite the same as actually being there on the day. Yeah. It's this question of, well, how good is being there in person? And is that even close to reproducible online? Right, you've nailed it. End of the conversation. You've nailed it, Mills. I reckon. Um, but I think that's because if you look at that from even like a comic on with like Hall H sort of stuff, uh, like I think that's something I'd love to be a part of just to feel that atmosphere of being in there when some trailer, I get 90 seconds of a movie that no one else gets for six months. I think that's the, and again, if you can get that uh, moment at a games convention or something that they break the news that this is coming out, yeah, you can't really uh, replace that or replicate it. I think in the end by sitting behind a screen and as much as we love when someone says a new trailer's out and you sit there and you geek out for a bit, I don't think there's anything better than being there with thousands of people in whatever form of entertainment you enjoy um, so yeah Mills nailed it best point on this podcast I reckon nearly ever <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say that it's alright <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. um, but so for Jack um, what from this sort of uh, what was going to happen this year do you think overall where are we going with these conventions now and is it just 100% 
going to be online? Is that where, where we're thinking things will go or will it just be completely fan orientated? Again, take COVID out of it just because we might not have fans in these sort of areas for 12 months anyway. So where do you see the future of uh, E3s and stuff? Well, I see publishers doing their online directs and announcing things when they're ready. Um, and I think Microsoft's the last kind of thing in the coffin um, to prevent E3 and kind of holding it off. But even then, I think E3 can still work in the future. So there's a few different things they've said um, that, you know, they said they'll turn it into a fan media yeah. and influencer festival with, you know, high flow of gaming pavilions and activations, which are, you know, having a celebrity appearance and getting photos with them to share and gaming tournaments, um, which what? a lot gaming of the... What, Jack? Tournaments. <laughs> I didn't say that right, did I? <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so they might go more for, you know, just a, like you said as well, just for the atmosphere and more so for the public and the publishers themselves. Um, so they go online, I think, in the future. And I think game conventions and all this kind of just go um, just for the gamer. And they have all these games. And like I said, they have all these appearances from celebrities and tournaments and i think that'll be enough to satisfy the audiences mills what do you guys think though yeah how, did, yeah, how could they change sounds good mm. i think um i was watching something i'm not sure how long ago it was or uh if it was a trade show or anything like that but it was some gaming related live stream on twitch uh and you could actually uh, get involved in a way through some plugin they had uh, so it felt like, you know, you're not there, you can see the crowd, but you're contributing in some way to perhaps something that's going on, uh, which is, you know, perhaps it's kind of bridging that gap between, you know, I'm at home in my pajamas and these people were there at the actual thing, but I can do something that makes me feel like I'm there in a way. Hmm. Oh, that's uh, like, I think that's the beauty of, I know it's, it's like a little cliche. It's the beauty of what we live in now and we're pushing in that direction because having that ability, like you said, Mills, to sit in your pajamas that feel like you're interacting with someone on a completely different time zone and different part of the world. I think you, there's opportunities to grow this if it's done correctly. I know you're talking earlier, Jack, with sort of their inability to really organize an event with security, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if they can organize event with plugins and stuff so people can feel interactive uh, while they are at while they are at home and then also when you are if some people do get to go to set event can feel like they're contributing i feel like it's something that could blossom and really become a staple of each year um mm. in sort of everyone's gaming calendar but i uh, think they have to listen to the fans i think probably more than some businesses do to really nail um nail that sort of say that like you said atmosphere before but nail the now the whole pro the whole project because there's a hundred percent there's an opportunity here um, that I think that they can do and and trying to probably look at everyone else and what they've done and um, make it the best possible possible thing that they can do because I feel like that's what a comic con's going to start pushing into sort of a similar thing that it's going to be people yeah. at home and you can watch a, a hall H etc from from your bedroom because um, especially knowing now the little that I know and I've spoken to you about it too Jack with the like we're good here in Australia, but I feel like overseas sort of stuff's going to be a while before you can have 30,000 people in the same area um, at an event all touching different controllers and interacting in, in that mm -hmm. way. So yeah, um, that's just my little, little, little 
point regarding no no that's a good idea you're yeah, having you know live yeah live cameras or something for the world to watch in different holes if it's something like that like comic-con yeah that's a good idea you know you put your vr goggles on and you know, you're part of, you, you buy your ticket and you put your VR goggles on and you're a certain seat in the front row. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't that be wicked, Jack? You put your VR goggles <laughs> on, just sit there. Uh, <laughs> that could happen one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For any event. Yeah. Not just yeah. even this. Yeah. But you know, we'll just have to see. But hopefully it goes ahead in uh, 2021. But uh, you just have to go through a few changes. So do we have any more points on, on this? Is this anything else regarding conventions as a whole and how this sort of industry, but I think we've sort of nailed it. Um, in my opinion, we've, we've done a decent job at sort of looking at whether E3 is still relevant for you guys before we move on to the next sort of thing is, is it for you sort of is that question just in short, is E3 still relevant, Emilio? I'd say yes, but perhaps not in its current iteration. How about you, Jack? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And like I've said a couple of times, you know, if publishers move elsewhere, yeah. if it stays a fan event, I think it can still, yeah, get the, get the people in and still be sustainable into the future. Yeah, I think um, not bad there, not bad. We'll move. Um, again, everyone, if you, your opinions, we'll have that question up and we'll put it up on the Instagram. Is E3 still relevant? So you can listen to, uh, pardon me, the uh, podcast and, and get back to us and give us your comments and we'll, we'll have a look at the next episode and, so even just touch on that for, for a little little second. But we'll move into my favourite topic of the week, uh, show and tell. So, Mills, I'm not sure if Jack told you. Um, what, what you no, think. I was not privy to this. <laughs> okay, but uh, it is regarding, we, we sort of have a look and have a discussion at some of the stuff you've, you've watched or played lately. So is there any latest TV shows you, you've looked at that you could recommend to the, to the fans of the show or something that you've enjoyed lately? Um, I finished off Homeland, so they had okay. the eighth season on SPS On Demand, yeah, um, and that's been going for ages now. I think Netflix has seasons one to seven, if people want to have a look at that. Um, but it's one of those shows that it perhaps feels like it's gone on a little too long, but uh, it's a show that once you get into it, the characters are interesting enough that you kind of want to see it through to the end, regardless yeah. of how it, how it actually finishes. So. Yeah. I enjoyed watching I the end of that, certainly. I remember hearing so much about Homeland in its original couple of seasons, like this big new show. I was like, oh, I've got to get into it. But you haven't really heard much about it from season four onwards. I don't even know if it was still going, to be honest. Were, the se were seasons four to eight as good as the first three? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. They kind okay. of shied away from that, um, you know, US Marine who's been turned yeah. by Al-Qaeda storyline. Um, but they actually did a, a pretty good job of continuing it through those middle seasons. There's a lot of good characters in there. Okay, so get your recommendation, you think? Would you suggest yeah, it to other people? I'd say definitely. It, it, okay. I've, I've never seen any of it, but I feel like it's one of those ones that I just missed and I never got back into. But mm. for me, it, it's probably the perfect uh, sort of quarantine sort of show. You've got 90, essentially 96 episodes. Really, <laughs> yeah. Uh, binge, that's a, a couple episodes a day and you sort of through the whole thing pretty quickly if it's... Like that. Anything else you've you've looked at in the last the last bit of time? There was any games, other games you've played? Valorant. Uh, been playing Riot Games' new first-person shooter, Valorant. Okay. Um, there was quite a bit of hype around that uh, because that space, at least at a competitive level, has kind of just been dominated by you know your Counter Strikes and whatnot recently. Mm. So 
it was a big thing for one Riot who have made, you know, the most successful video game of all time, arguably in League of Legends to actually yes. be releasing a, a game in a completely different genre. Uh, that was interesting. And then uh, I think the way they've released it is, you know, they've got usual streamers and so on playing the beta and alpha versions. So you can, uh, you've been seeing people play it and then to have it actually finally released was I think a lot of fun for people. And it came out with uh, Oceanic servers. So it's been good to actually be able to play and not have too much lag or anything. So been enjoying that recently. I think yeah. it's different enough from Counter-Strike that it's Is enjoyable. It Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't agree, Jack? No, I think it's if Overwatch and Counter-Strike had a kid and there's no original ideas in this personally. Um, but people who are wondering, it's a free-to-play online first-person shooter. Um, so I think because you do have to pay for Counter-Strike and Overwatch, um, I think this will gain a lot of traction. And the fact of, you know, playing a, one game of it, um, you know, the gameplay is good. You know, you have your own set of powers. Um, and I played, is, what is it called? Is it Spike or something? Spike Rush? Is that the yeah, one Spike called? Rush. Yeah, which yeah. is, if not a copyrighted version of um, Counter-Strike's Bomb, Bomb Rush. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's a good quality game. I just think, you know, if I was, you know, doing copyright, for those two other games that copies, you know, there's a few lawsuits up my sleeve. Um, and I do felt that, you know, it's best of 25 rounds. So it runs a little long, you know, yeah. I like something quick, short and succinct. Yeah. Um, but no, it went on a bit too long for my liking. I can see the gameplay. I might come back to it. Uh, but yeah, I'll just wait till it grows a little bit and gains a bit more traction in mainstream. I might come back to it, but it does have that strategy. You know, you got to choose the right gun and during the right round and, you know, usually abilities at the right moment. So there is a bit more strategy than maybe so, you know, some of the other games. But yeah, no, I think it's a good start for, yeah, this free-to-play online game. Yeah, I think there's been a bit of criticism, at least on what I've seen on, you know, Reddit, uh, of the graphics. But mm. I think, I mean, one of the big things that was a key to League of Legends success was that the game ran on literally anything, you know, that... 2000 era laptop you've got sitting in the garage you could still pull it out and have a game of league on it and i think valorant's in a similar vein in that it will run on almost anything and i think in terms of the visual clarity enemies are a big bright red and you don't have to you know uh, be looking for the counter terrorist outfit or terrorist outfit that you do in in counter strike so it's like less on the realism but i think in terms of getting into it it's probably a lot easier for people um, so that might appeal to a, a younger audience, perhaps, who uh, just want something to pick up and play and enjoy with friends without getting too serious. Yeah, because I do find free-to-play games like Fortnite, a lot of 12-year-olds, <laughs> give or take, find their way onto these free-to-play games because they don't have the money to you know, afford a Counter-Strike or an Overwatch. And they don't have to get their parents' permission to play an M-rated game. They can just yeah. download it. So I feel like, once again, it might be a new Fortnite um, for those person, people who don't like that and they might get aboard this. So it might become quite big in the future. Who knows? Hmm. Um, Jack, is there anything you've been looking at? Because that's, I've never heard about that game. So that's... Uh, yeah. That's because it just got released. So okay, that, that's, that's why. Good. good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, anything uh, besides you and me, Jack, uh, catching up with our favourite new Anna Kendrick show, Love Life. What else have you been watching? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still um, mostly just that, actually. So I watched uh, episode four, five, and six. Yeah. So it introduces a new guy called, what is his name? Magnus? Yeah, God, I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a sous chef and it's um, about her relationship with this guy 
And then episode five is a bit of a flashback to a high school boyfriend. And then they kind of both come into that episode six. Uh, but no, I, I, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I'm still enjoying it. And I would still watch the last remaining four episodes when they're all out. What did you yeah. think of the, the new episodes cuts? Uh, no, I've got a feeling I was talking to Harry about this again. I'm like, I, I'm half, I'm nearly finished episode five. Um, like, watch I, it I feel, good. yeah, watch it. Mills, you'll, you'll blame love it. If you'll have a little bit of a wrong <laughs> okay. Um, but I, it reminds me a, a little bit right now that they were probably looking to release this weekly. And then HBO max is obviously, we haven't really spoken too much about HBO and sort of their streaming platform. Cause we don't have it here in Oz, but apparently it's shit. So uh, <laughs> uh, there's not much on it at the moment. So I've got a feeling they're releasing these in their batches because they need to get something out there. And it just, uh, I don't mind it, but I just feel like it's not great. Um, and now I'm looking at uh, the titles accidentally for some of the episodes and one of them's named a girl. So I'm guessing she's got a lesbian relationship maybe at some point. Nothing surprises um, me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at this point but no uh, again i i don't mind it it's a fine show this is the thing it's just there's i feel like nothing's just really getting me for it so but that's that's a sort of typical sort of show like this um sort of rom-com sort of style thing it's just all right it's not no no it's not amazing but there's nothing else like it right now and no because of that it stands out there's not really that much at the moment too i was, I was thinking before i'm like uh, i was trying to get some other stuff to watch even just for this segment um and so the next topic so i was like there's not that much like much else just out now even just being released it's sort of like a dull period i understand why but i'm sort of yeah there's not that much else coming out well um i watched uh, for the first time i don't know why it's taken me this long to watch it but it, uh i watched zombie land double tap last night so um the second zombie land yeah no, no. Well, it was too expensive in London cinemas. So I thought I'll hold off and yeah. wait till it's on digital. And it was on Amazon Prime free last night. So let's get on that. Yeah. Um, I liked it. It was more or less the same film as the first. It didn't yeah. really change anything up. Um, but because of that, it was, it was good. Like, um, yeah, more or less, you know, it went, it was just a bit of fun, a bit of comedy. You gotta love Woody Harrelson, you know, um, all this dialogue and just being stupid. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it doesn't change up the formula, so it's I can't say it's amazing, uh, but it's more the same. And because of that, I had a good, good night, good hundred minutes with it. And yeah, I love all the actors: Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Watts, um, Emma, Emma Stone, sorry, and Abigail Breslin, who um, has grown up since the last time I saw her. Yeah, um, yeah, quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a it's a hoot, and I'd recommend it to everyone who loved the first one definitely. You seen it, Mills? No, and the first one came out a while ago, wasn't it? Jack, yeah. do you remember the year? Yeah, yeah, 2009. And they actually make reference to it in the movie. You know, there's quite a bit of self-parody in the film. Yes. You know, he says, nut up or shut up in the first one. And uh, Luke Wilson's in it. He says, oh, that's so 2009. <laughs> so, you know, there's a few, you know, so <laughs> A specific. bit self-aware. Yeah. yeah, very self-aware. Um, so there's little things like that. And it's, no, it's great. And there's a Zoe Duchel or whatever her name is. Zoe, um, yeah, Dooch. How do you how do you pronounce her surname? Deschanel, isn't it? Deschanel. No, uh, that's a different. No, that's a different. Two. That's a different actor. It's uh, okay, this there is you a, go. <laughs> um, yeah, Deschanel isn't. That's the chick from um, that. TV yes, man, and New Girl. Yeah, yeah. So this is a different chick, though. Yeah, but she's she's great in this. She she plays like a dumb blonde, and she's just just very funny. She plays the part really well. Yeah. Um, but this girl was this is the girl from. Uh, 
Why Him, the one with Brian Cranston. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. She's in that. And she's actually the daughter of Marty McFly's mum in Back to the Future. I did not know yeah. that. But there you go. So she's following Good on. piece of trivia. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> That's so, another no, thing she... though, that everyone literally in Hollywood is related to someone else in Hollywood. It's like, that's the only way you get in, I think now. So Jack, your acting career is, uh, <laughs> you need to know you someone will be right in, Jack. Someone. Yeah. 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 Before the Me Too movement. Yeah. Yeah. After the Me Too movement. Yes. Yes. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. No. So that's, that's really good. Um, yeah. But that's all I've kind of been watching this week. And obviously, yeah. yeah, watch Space Force as well earlier in the week. So yeah, that's all my recommendations. Yeah. You guys got anything else? I've got nothing really else at the moment. Um, I've, the, yeah. Is there anything else big coming out? I don't know. Is, is that something we probably should have looked at prior to the episode? But is there anything else big coming out in the next week or so? Like even in Netflix releases, is there any like original content coming out soon? Like, um, there's always something on Netflix. What I love about Netflix is I, I just you know, they, they teases it in the front banner at the top. Usually, I just get an email about it come the day. So it's always a surprise, and I, I like that. I think it was like, I haven't watched any of this though, but 13 Reasons Why, that new season or final season of that, I don't know. Yeah, I only watched the first one. Yeah, Mm. I think that's really dropped off anyway, but I think they're trying to say that that was a a big release at the moment. So um, yeah, and I think, yeah, that just just came out and there's there's not much else for a a little bit now um, releasing here. But again, anything to to finish off the show with Mace or I reckon we're, we're done for our Saturday's recording yeah yeah so um yeah just the usual yeah. uh definitely give uh the anna kendrick show a watch yeah. play some valorant uh give that give that a bit of a shot and uh watch Zombieland too from me and uh yeah. otherwise yeah stay stay safe how about you uh, guys uh mills thanks for coming on though um yeah, thanks, good, to have, good to have a chat yeah thanks for having me guys uh, I mean, love to have you back how many people get to appear on their favorite podcast <laughs> oh hi you're too kind too kind <laughs> I couldn't resist, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You can come back anytime then again. Um, but no, thanks for coming uh, again, mate, and having having a good discussion. And again, for everyone, just follow all the stuff that's in the in the links below. Or um, again, just give us a five-star review. It's so easy. Just go in, give us a review, uh, tweet meals also. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there, guys. But thank you again, and we'll, we'll see you next week. 